This is a Colored Pencil Podcast, session number 263. Welcome to Sharpened Artist, a Colored Pencil Podcast. Weekly discussions in and around this medium that we love so much. Hey there, my name is John Middick of SharpenedArtist.com. This is the Colored Pencil Podcast, and I am your host. Today is Monday, July the 13th, 2020. So if you're listening to this sometime in the future, <laughs> this was the day that uh, we published this particular podcast. And today is a very important day because this marks the last day of the pre-sale for Face Value, the Ultimate Colored Pencil Portrait Course. You can still buy the course tomorrow, but today is the last day for the pre-sale pricing and to get all the special bonuses included with it. And some people have told me that they're more excited about the bonuses than they are even <laughs> the course. Now, I'm sure they're going to change their mind uh, as soon as they start diving into the course. I've had students now who I just call my alum students who have been uh, involved with the course, with the material in the course, and coming out to office hours each week for over a year. And so there's enough to dive into uh, and to sustain you, and I support you every step of the way. I don't, I don't just sell you something and then abandon the ship, but I'm with you every step of the way. And the reason I guess I like to say that is because many um, students don't know that if they're not involved in the program, uh, because you're not seeing me on uh, YouTube just every day like you may see some other creators. I'm so excited, though, about this particular uh, course uh, and in 2020 in particular. And I'm going to talk about that for just a second. That's not what the show is about today. I'm going to be doing a review of one of my favorite uh, art books today. It's not a colored pencil book. Um, it's not even a book about color, but it's been one of the most, if not the most, single resources that I can point to today that has greatly influenced my drawings and my particular style today. So I'm going to talk about that for just a moment. But before that, I just want to tell you, the, I want to give you the answer to the question that most ask me before they ever sign up for Face Value, the Ultimate Colored Pencil Portrait Course. There's a few questions that uh, I often field, but this one in particular, and then I'll go through a couple more. John, why did you create the Colored Pencil Course? Why, why create that course? What, what was the impetus for creating this particular course? Well, I can tell you something. Uh, this course took a long time time to create and it's in constant development we're, we're still adding more to it this wasn't something that i just decided one day hmm i wonder what my next course will be about i know let's do portraits it wasn't anything like that it wasn't a hat grab or anything like that it was very intentional from the very beginning and actually i was wanting to do this years and years ago when I uh, thought about creating some type of school where students could come, they would get access to the information that they needed in order to create the kind of art that they wanted to create. 
it, it was almost like uh, there was just nobody really talking about this. No one was showing their process, or still not for the most part, showing their process in uh, portraiture. And so I saw this big, empty void. Um, but it, it was a passion that I had, that I wanted, I wanted help with it myself. If you look back at my artwork, when I first started, um, not that I've arrived or anything, I'm constantly trying to learn and level up myself. I think that's an important quality of any teacher that you decide to uh, study after, that you find someone who is constantly pushing themselves. But it was just so difficult to get answers to the questions that I had related to drawing in colored pencil, number one, but even more importantly, how to draw portraits with colored pencil and some of the different techniques that uh, you may use. So I, I love that art uh, really is a chance for so many different types of people to express themselves however they want. So it brings a wide variety of artists together. And, you know, it can be tricky to find a learning environment that really works well for a, a large, diverse group of people. And so this is why the Academy, I think, is important, because you not only have video and audio and physical downloads and exercises, accountability, you have teacher interaction, and I mean face-to-face, -face, real weekly interaction, uh, and daily if you need it, and sometimes quizzes. And all of those things are important, but beyond that, there was something else that was, that was missing, and that was uh, just some real-time video that showed you the process from beginning to end, and even included mistakes. And so if you take a wide variety of learning styles and you ask yourself, what is it that's going to really help you know, this particular learning style? And we can go through the different learning styles. I don't think it's important in this discussion. But what I wanted to do, and I think we've accomplished this on one level, on another level, we're getting better at it all the time, and it's uh, the pinnacle of where we're headed, but is to create a truly immersive experience. And so you are inside an entire ecosystem of support and development. Now, why is that important? I'll tell you why it's important to me. Because I want you, as my student, to succeed. And I don't want you to be my student anymore at some point. Um, I want you to go on to become your own artist and who you are and the artist that you look up to the most. I want you to be able to create the kind of artwork that you want to create. I want it to be effortless and I want it to be something that you enjoy so much. So that's the ultimate goal. Um, and the reason why I, I think that goal is important is it was important for me all the time. Anytime I was reading a book or watching someone else's process or listening to someone else talk about their process or exchanging emails with another artist, my goal was always to graduate past that point. So that's my goal for every single student inside the Sharpened Artist Academy is to get to that point where they 
are very confident in what they do. So recently, I had the privilege of being able to witness one of my students um, enter her particular portrait, her artwork, into the CPSA, the uh, International Exhibition Show for this year, and she was accepted. It it was just so exciting to see that. Uh, one of my art pieces got accepted as well. And it's just like um, such a validation uh, in what you do whenever that happens. But for me as an instructor to help someone else to get to a point where they're confident enough that they will enter a show like that and then to get accepted, I cannot tell you how excited I am for her that this has happened. But that's one artist's goal. That's not everyone's goal. Uh, that's not every student's goal. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. There are a variety of goals that students have. And so each of those goals are important. Okay, so we're, we've included a lot of material that is catered towards every learning style for that immersive experience. So why go to all that trouble? Because I believe that's the best way to learn, not just reading a book or watching someone else do their own process, but to involve yourself in honing and developing your own skill to the best of your ability. And so you start where you are with the skill sets you already possess. And because that type of information is available online, it's in a self paced format. You don't have to do it at the same time that everyone else does, although there is a new cohort of students that you'll be going through the material with, but you can go slower than them. You can go faster than some of the other students. But the point is, is that you can actually learn anytime, anywhere, and any way that you want to learn. And one last thing, I think it's a perfect opportunity right now to dive right in there and to learn a new skill because, well, for a lot of reasons, but number one, <laughs> just because of the calendar, it's a perfect year to start anything brand new because it's the year 2020. You're going to look back and you're going to say, okay, what did I do with that decade in my life? Or what did I not do? What did I do with that particular year? Maybe it's something you've been dragging your feet on. Maybe, you know, you want to do it. You would like to be able to level up with your portraiture, but you just, um, you just haven't decided to really commit. You would love to draw your family, your uh, children and grandchildren, uh, your friends, but you, you just you feel like, well, maybe next year, that kind of thing. I think this is the perfect time to do that because you're starting afresh in the year 2020. I, I can't think of a better year to start anything, really. And so a full-blown course actually helps you, it aids you, and it guides you through the process from start to finish. And I wanted to be able to make it accessible and share it with so many different artists of different backgrounds. And so in the pre-sale, I give you the best price that it will ever be. Every time we've launched it, uh, it has gone up. 
and the pre-sale price has gone up as well. Why? Because there's more content in it. The value is higher each time. And this time it's no different. There's payment plans out there right now. There's uh, a lot of ways to access it right now. But after today, then that opportunity goes away. So if you're listening to this on the day the podcast comes out, then the pre-sale, I can tell you, is still going on. Uh, if you missed it, then uh, all I can say is uh, look for it next year then. That's probably when we'll be releasing the portrait course again. All right. So enough about that. I'm so excited for those that have already signed up. We're only accepting 30 students and uh, we're getting close to that number. Um, and I, I'm super excited because we're also sending out a physical package. That's one of the bonuses this year. And uh, there's a lot of goodies involved in that as well. Now for today's topic. I'm going to review one of the most influential books that I have ever read and has actually helped me more than probably any other book that I've read on drawing or on colored pencil or anything else hands down. Okay, now. If you're not a portrait artist, you have no interest in uh, drawing portraits at all, then uh, it, it doesn't apply to you uh, because this one is all about portraits. Now, I would venture to say that even if you want to draw portraits of animals, this one might be able to help in that way as well. Well, it would. It would help with even still life because the principles are very foundational and they don't change regardless of the subject matter. But it is geared towards drawing the head. The title of the book is The Artist's Complete Guide to Drawing the Head. The author's name is William L. Moan. And I'll have a link in the show notes where you can get your own copy. I have, um, first, the first thing I did was I rented it, you know, borrowed it from the library and a public library, and then I also um, went on to buy the physical copy of the book myself, and I also bought the digital version, and I have read it from cover to cover more than once. Um, it is, let me see here, it is about 150 some odd pages, a little bit more than that, it's got an index in it, uh, about 160 pages altogether. And the author, artist here, describes a process that's called chiaroscuro. Now, you're, you may or may not be familiar with uh, that particular term, but it's an Italian term that just means light and dark. And so there's this intersection of light and dark. And he talks about how to identify where that cross-section is, where that interception is, and then how to render it in portraiture to create the appearance of a three-dimensional drawing of the head. And so, really, it's, it's a very simple concept. has kind of a fancy name, if you want to think about it like that. But if you master this particular uh, understanding, this technique, of creating this illusion to create three-dimensionality on a two-dimensional surface, then really what you've mastered is how to draw or create art. I mean, this artist is not even using colored pencil at all. He's using a Carbothello 
a pastel pencil. He's using the red pencil. He's using um, a Carbothello white. And he's using a toned surface so that you don't fuss around with middle values. And so he's teaching you how to see everything and to create some of the values with the way that you're using the pencil. And so really it's a matter of observation and being able to uh, create something that defines some of the diffused edges and some of the hard edges that we find, some of the lost and found areas in within the quality of line. And what happens when we do that is we create an illusion with our pieces. There's another term that he uses that just means smoke. But the term is another Italian term. Uh, it's called sfumato. And it really just has to do with the softening of the edges or the contours. And uh, it, it's describing the quality of the form's contour. And so as artists, when we start to understand that we're sculptors and we're creating as though we are sculptors, then we begin to think about our subject matter as though it were something that had volume rather than it being just this flat and voidless creation. Okay, so he says a lot of these things much better than I probably would, uh, but I I'm trying to give you then just a review and uh, an overview of the entire book. So let me start by uh, talking about uh, chapter 1, he goes over the principles of Chiaroscuro. So he goes in depth on all of these ideas, uh, the lost and found line, you know, line versus value. Um, he talks about uh, the paper and the uh, two pencils to create a full range of values. You know, you don't need, um, you know, 20 pencils, uh, both on the dark and the light side, to create a full range you can get by with very, very few pencils. And so the ability to do that empowers you. When Anytime you limit your materials or your supplies, then you have to rely on you. And that's one of the great takeaways from this book is that you learn how to control the medium, whatever medium that you're working in, because it's not about the medium. It's not even about the techniques. It becomes a process where we rely on our ability to execute and understand what we know about the subject matter that we're depicting. Okay, so we're still in chapter one. He talks about the shadow shapes and their edges. Uh, he covers form shadows, cast shadows, and some interesting observations about uh, form shadows and then the creation of the cast shadows and the length and the size of cast shadows, uh, the shadow edges, uh, the form in light, and then analyzing form. And then he talks a lot about negative space, which I think that is one of the best discussions uh, about negative space uh, that I've, I've ever uh, run across. Okay, so that brings us to chapter two, where he talks about principles of drawing the head. Two masses of light and shadow. And so he's got lighting the head, and he talks about artificial versus natural light, 
uh, light advances and then dark uh, recedes. And one of the biggest takeaways in this particular section is that if you use a single point reference for your light, if you only have one light, in other words, and you have it in a particular direction, then you have the best setup that there can be for understanding how to render the dark and the light. And if we simplify it, and that's really what Keteroscuro is doing, is we're simplifying everything into just those two areas. And when we learn how to render light, and then we learn how in the same piece to render dark, and we don't cross over inside those values, then we uh, have unlocked something that is extremely powerful that we can take with us in more complex pieces. And I think that's the biggest takeaway is use a single source for your light source and look at the differences that that will make in your work when you use a single light source. And so he talks about single focal point, uh, perspective, and the three-quarter view. Uh, and talks about the planes of the head and foreshortening. Talks about value pattern and then uh, some discussion is made uh, with regard to the background, addressing the background. Okay, chapter three. There's only six chapters, so we're almost done. Just want to talk through these very quickly and I'll go back uh, to a couple of things. But chapter three, the drawing process step by step. So he talks about sculpting the head, talks about gesture, the tilt. Uh, proportions, placing uh, the features, the anatomy of the eyes, under the anatomy of the eyes. He talks about um, the cavity, uh, the um, natural slant of the eye, the eyelids, pupil, and iris, and proportions of the eyes. And then he goes on to drawing the eyes. He talks about highlights, using uh, the paper value, and examples of eyes. He talks about nose and mouth, and so the structure of the nose and the mouth, examples of each of those. He talks about the ears, the hair, and uh, then some troubleshooting examples, which is uh, very valuable as well. Then chapter four is putting it all together, and so he goes over the five essential drawing steps, uh, review and the demonstrations, and uh, has a section on going forward, uh, self-critique, and taking your skills to the next level. Chapter 5, drawing from multiple sources and combining those sources. And he sort of gets into uh, some more uh, fantasy type of drawings uh, in that section. Not as uh, interesting to me, maybe to some others though. Okay, chapter 6 is a, a very good one. Chapter 6 is working with color. And so from drawing to painting, now this admittedly is a smaller section, takes up maybe, you know, um, what is it, about 20 pages, I guess. But I, I think it's an important discussion because he's using the triangle uh, as opposed to the color wheel. Talks about complementary colors, color intensity, and mixing from the tertiary colors. And he talks about color temperature and the relationships between color temperatures, warm, versus cool, and uh, then he's got family of colors and expressive color. Then he's got a section on pastel painting and the materials, caring for your pastels, and 
a lot of things regarding uh, pastels and painting the background uh, and some pastel demonstrations. But uh, the, the principles uh, regarding color are very important. And it doesn't matter which medium you're using. But the overall point, I think, of the book is to begin understanding that intersection between and the, the play that goes on between light and shadow. So understanding middle values and the role that shadows are playing in the composition and in portraiture are very, very important. Uh, here's one of the quotes um, from the book. Thus all shadows begin as form and end as cast, and each shadow progresses from soft to hard. Now, a lot of people, you know, they like to talk about how there are no rules in art. Um, and, and while that's true, there are some grounded principles in realistic art. And so if we're wanting to become uh, realists, we're wanting to depict something photorealistically, if you want, uh, you know, to fill in the blank, representational art, and you want to get as close to making something look lifelike as possible, then there are principles then you want to follow and you want to understand inside and out. And it's not just a matter of, oh, follow your reference photo. Oh, uh, you know, um, follow the values. Uh, that, that would be nice if it could be just that simple. It's not. Um, it's not complex, but understanding how light works and how shadows react to the absence of light is really what this book will help you to understand. And I, I, I can't recommend it enough. I mean, this, this it's just one of the best books uh, that there is. So here's another quote from the book without uh, quoting a lot of the book and violating any copyright laws. So he says, regarding negative shapes, the portion of the head that illuminates creates negative shapes between the shadow shapes. Along with the shadow shapes, they too must be correct in size and shape. For example, if the negative shape between the shadow of the eye and the shadow of the nose is too far apart, the nose will appear too long. The nose will appear too long, right? So you, you may think, oh, it really doesn't matter. You know what I do with the shadows. Uh, I, I can, I can, I love shadows. I love creating a lot of drama in my in my work. So I'm just going to create this really long, long uh, shadow on the nose. You know, just trying to make a practical application here. And by doing that, you could actually, um, with that interval between the eyes, give the illusion that that nose is uh, a very, very distorted and long. So, yeah, the shadows do, <laughs> do matter. Now, there are things, you know, that you can uh, violate from time to time. But there are also different principles that probably should not be violated. And uh, I, I recommend the book. Um, I think it's a great read. It's not difficult to read. Uh, there, are, there are parts that may uh, seem difficult or it can bog down just a little bit if you're just trying to read it in one sitting. But I think it's more of a reference and uh, to go through it a little at a time. I have a whole bunch of notes 
in uh, my digital version, and I'll highlight different things in that digital version. But he also talks about how to split up the proportions in the head and understand where uh, the placement of the features are then. And I think that's always something that is good to review and good to uh, increase your understanding of no matter how much you think you know about it. I think it's always good to review that and to be able to understand it and hear it from a different viewpoint or a different angle that another artist uh, has been able to uh, identify as being something important. Okay, that's it. I, you know, I don't get uh, any, I, I don't even know the author. I don't get any kind of uh, commission or anything like that for recommending the book. I'm just passing along something that has helped me and I've gotten a lot of use out of. And so maybe you will as well. Maybe you heard about the book now and you think, ah, that's not for me. That's fine also. All right. As always, this is a weekly show and you can reach out at any time. Just email me podcast at sharpenedartist.com. So until next week, stay sharp. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. All the show notes can be found at www.sharpenedartist.com.